Hello and welcome to another episode of a Brothers Creed podcast where we talk about motivation, experiences, and exploring the world around us. I'm Jared. I'm Ethan. And today we're going to talk with Ashley Class. She um, has a lot of different uh, investment properties here in Charlotte and she talks with us about some different strategies that she has, uh, long-term strategies for long-term rentals, short-term strategies, Airbnbs, um, as well as some advice to those who are maybe looking to get into the real estate world. So we have a great podcast for you. Let's do it. You can't climb the ladder of success with your hands in the pocket. We will not go quietly into the night. They tell me you're a man true grit. I am the one who knocks. Don't ever tell me what I can't do, ever! That's how winning is done. Okay, so today we have Ashley Class with us. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. Ashley, I was checking out uh, the way that, I guess I'll start with the way that I found you. I was looking on Instagram at Charlotte area um, real estate gurus and I found your page and I was I've been following it for a while and I was like you know what this lady is actually pretty interesting I like some of her stuff and you do so many different things and so I was so happy for you uh, after I reached out and you said that you'd be willing to chat with us so first of all thank you so much for being with us today absolutely and I'm, I'm thanks for following me I mean honestly the whole idea of the page is that I'm a third generation general contractor so um, I just want to show there's HGTV kills me because it's not real. And so sometimes you'll see on my Instagram page, things happen. It's not real. Projects take a long time. So I just kind of want to give a little dose of realness. So appreciate it. We need some more reality in this world. Less reality TV, but reality. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. You should get your own TV show and it'll just be like the hard things, you know, (laughs) it might depress people. I don't know. (laughs) The reality, the reality of the reality. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Instead of the quick, easy, you know, let's show it and then let's flip it quick. Yeah, be let's, like, oh gosh. Let's, let's spend five minutes on demo and then have a whole crew come in for two days and take everything out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I would love to do just blast a countertop and then we're done. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> so a- a- Ashley, you you have your hands on a very a variety of different things. Talk to us about what your portfolio looks like. I know that. You do Airbnb, you do some rentals, you do some renovations, you mm-hmm. do some consulting. Tell us about all that. Yeah. Um, so like I said, third generation contractor and also, uh, you know, started really looking and in, getting into my employment during the recession. So it was all don't put your eggs in one basket. Oh. Um, so I have long term rentals. My husband and I own them. I have some prior to us being married that we have um, also. And then we have some short term rentals, which are Airbnbs. Um, we flip as well. And then I also consult as a design consultant and now as an Airbnb consultant, which means I go and help somebody set up and give them a whole list of what are the essentials to make it, um, you know, your brand and what you present at your Airbnb is reflected in the reviews. So you want to make sure it's set up right. You want to make sure it's, it's kitschy. It's something interesting that makes people want to stay there. So I kind of help them kind of create that identity. Yeah, maybe maybe we can walk through each of those different things that you do and ask questions yeah. about those. So the first one that you mentioned there was your long-term rentals. Uh, I guess kind of curious about that is uh, 
one, how do you find these deals and, and do you have them all in the Charlotte, North Carolina area so that you can go visit them? Or do you have some, I know you said mm-hmm. that on our earlier conversation that you were from the New York area uh, mm-hmm. and you had some that previous to your marriage, uh, do you have some up there and how do you manage those? Um, I do not. My father is up in New York and he's the one that really got me into rentals. He was big on always trying to sell me with buy a house as soon as you can buy a house as soon as you can. But, you know, we see so many times that baby boomers could afford houses much easier than our generation may be able to afford houses. People are still living at home with their parents. And then, um, so long story short, he had taught me the rental game when I was in New York. I remember being very young and somebody had a midnight move out in the middle of the night. They left. They didn't want to pay rent. So eight-year-old me was with my dad putting on our boots and, and vacuuming. I mean, that, you know, or, or doing a roof or something. And so um, I moved to Charlotte uh, after living in New York with any, everything in my car. I sold everything and wanted a clean slate and bought my first house, um, became really interested in renovating it slowly. Uh, he had taught me a lot, but, you know, obviously when you're 600 miles away from the only person taught you everything you got to learn, YouTube's great. Um, and then what I started to do was something that you see a lot, especially in Charlotte right now is that I rented out rooms to help pay the mortgage, um, to help build kind of, um, pay down my loan. And then from there started to, um, refinance and have more homes. And so long story short, again, they're all in Charlotte. Um, also I'm from New York, so I do talk with my hands. You'll see that a lot, (laughs) um, they're all in Charlotte and I like to drive there and I like to build that reputation, especially with long-term tenants that are there. Long-term tenants are going to do the most damage. So they're the ones you really need to have the most reputation and the, the best rapport with. Um, so around the Christmas time, I'll drop off a bottle of wine, you know, during COVID I dropped off toilet paper and, and paper towels because they're paying the rent and I appreciate it. I mean, it's a crazy time right now. So it's that mutual neighborly feel that I think, makes us successful in the long run. I, I like that you said that because I, I've listened to some bigger pockets stuff. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of bigger pockets. And oh, yeah. I've actually yeah. heard of some people saying, well, I don't want my tenants knowing that I'm the landlord because then they're going to ask me all kinds of stuff. Have you ever sure. have you ever run across that line of thinking? It sounds like you're, you're the exact opposite of that. Uh, I have absolutely uh, thought about it because I have had tenants where, you know, they'll move in and they'll say, you know, I really like is something like this. And I'm like, I would like that too, but <laughs> you know, I can't afford that. Maybe we that, can raise your luck. rent and then we can afford that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like one guy asked for me to put a pool in for his dog. Come on now. <laughs> um, I that's think that premium that service. <laughs> seriously. I mean, that's where the Airbnbs come in, right? I mean, I think at the end of the day, And this is what I I think that we're all starting to get back into, especially where we can't travel as much, is the people that are next door to you or in your community are most important. And you really have to treat them with the respect and the neighborly, like it's almost like some very 1960s Mr. Rogers, but I think it's coming back. And I think that when you start treating people with kindness, sure, there's annoying points, but at the end of the day, they're going to respect you. And Yes, I heavily vet my tenants and I make sure like if, if you've had five evictions, okay, well, there's a pattern here. So I'm shame on, you know, what is it? Fool me once, shame, shame on, on you, me. fool me twice, or, shame on me. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, you, you got to be educated about the people you choose and what you do. And, and that's any investment you make. But I think having that neighborly, 
good vibe is important. And that, that's just good karma down the road. Yeah, I, I, I think just, I mean, people, what, what is it? They're saying you can attract more flies with honey than you can with vinegar, right? Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. you, you know, there's a balance probably between um, being kind and being nice, but then also at the same point, if someone's not paying their rent, then then there's a time to to not that you're not going to be kind, but you know take right. other take other actions, right? Um, right. You said something earlier that that I wanted to kind of take a step back and go into is you said you know you bought your first house, you started renovating it a little bit, and 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 kind of learning all the different ins and outs of that. You're renting out some rooms and then you refinanced. And then at that point, is that you're kind of building this, this snowball of you refinanced, you took some, some Mm -hmm. of your equity out and then used that money for another rental. And then did, and then basically you just did the same thing with that. You, you bought a a long-term rental, maybe it needed some improvements some fixing up. So you did that, got someone in there and then after a time period, whether it's, I don't know, six months or a year, you refinanced that one and, and got more mm-hmm. and then just kind of doing that over and over again. Has that been your strategy for obtaining these rental properties? Yeah. So, um, you know, you spoke about bigger pockets earlier and that's one of the strategies is the Burr method and that's buy, rehab, refinance, repeat. And so when I purchased my first home, um, you know, I knew that it was an up and coming area at the time, Plaza Shamrock, if you're familiar with Charlotte, it was off the extension of the plaza, which was not good eight years ago, but it is great now. <laughs> I didn't keep that house for eight years. I'll tell you that. wish I did. Um, but yeah, I think that that method really works for those that you have to remember that you're inve- it is an investment. So you can't go crazy. You can't go and put all these different, you know, touches that you think you're going to live in there forever and then expect a buyer to want. So you have to be smart about how you rehab as well, because, um, you know, there is a strategy again, going back to bigger pockets, because I learned a lot from there and different podcasts is the 70% method. And that's 70% of your purchase price and your, and your rehab price should be 70% of the house value. So if you're paying a house that's already worth 70%, but you know you have to put in another 15%, you're losing money because you got to pay for real estate costs and taxes and all these different things. Um, so it's just something to keep in mind when people look at their rehabs or they look at even buying their own home. Don't start putting all these special touches if you don't plan to live there for a long time. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I, I, I've listened a lot about the, the Burr method, um, the, the buy, rent, uh, buy, uh, rehab, rent, refinance, uh, repeat. And, yeah. uh, there you go. I like, I like that method a lot, especially cause sometimes you can pull out that equity again and you can keep going. I guess one, one, uh, <laughs> complaint or I guess one, uh, uh, contra argument to that would be that during the financial crisis, well, during COVID people stopped paying their rents. So if you're leveraged to the yeah. hilt, then you're, and you're depending on that, uh, payment every single month, that's where you could get into a tricky situation. So a lot of people have said, oh, the, bird, the bird method is dead. I've heard that quite a bit recently. Huh. But I guess I it just say, depends on how leveraged you are. Well, I'd also say you have to be smart about it. Yeah. I mean, your rent should be 1% of what the whole pro- of the whole house value. Mm-hmm. So if you're paying more than that and you're getting less rent, 
then yes, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. I think, again, you know, homes, a lot of people see HGTV and they think, man, this is easy. I'm just going to flip some countertops and I'm going to make it pretty. And then I'm going to get $2,000 in rent. That's not the world today. You really have to know your numbers. You have to do your analysis and you have to do the work. I think that, I think that is huge. I really like that. You got to know your numbers, do the analysis and put in the work that a lot of times, and and I've probably fallen in this, into this realm as well as you kind of get these, your eyes kind of gloss over. You're just like, Oh, that looks so easy. You know, I watched this entire house get renovated and sold for, you know, $50,000 more than they bought it for. And it only took an hour. And and it's just like, (laughs) You know, it's and and I think that's the research behind it and understanding kind of these some of these base principles and maybe even the the, the market and what comps are in the area um, mm-hmm. definitely are, are important in that at least in in my research that I've done up to this point. So, hundred percent. One question that I uh, I want yeah. to ask, kind of to bridge to the next topic and this was something I asked for, but we didn't really get on it, but like, how do you find these deals? And I guess that that also goes for Air- Airbnb, which we'll touch on next, but how do you find deals for rentals and then Airbnbs? You know, so people say MLS is dead and it's not. And that's where I have found every deal except one for is MLS. So Zillow, Redfin, you know, just realtor.com. You look at these homes and if the areas, again, do your research. And I think that, my eighth grade teacher taught me this a long time ago and I'll never forget Miss Calbred. I'm going to give her a shout out right now. (laughs) She said you could be a big fish in a small pond or be a small fish in a big pond or I just, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think you said it right. A a big fish in a small pond or a small fish in a big pond. It's a big pond. Yep. Again, you know, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, um, know your neighborhoods. You cannot work across Charlotte Charlotte's so sprawling, so big. There's so many different investors. You're not going to know your niche if you keep trying to keep up with everybody else. So I think knowing the neighborhoods, knowing the zip codes, um, I have only a certain zip code, only three or four zip codes that I really look at because I know those neighborhoods really well. I know how they're growing. I know what's coming in. I know what permits to look for, for the city permits to see, oh, are they putting a Chipotle there? Or are they, you know, then I know what's coming, but if you try to do a search and try to pull every city permit and see where the, you know, Chipotle's are coming, you're not going to find those deals. I've worked with some wholesalers, um, but candidly, they are all cash deals and not everybody has cash. So I wouldn't recommend it starting off. I would say MLS looking at, if you're looking for a long-term rental, then you're going to look at neighborhoods that are not up and coming, which is nicer on your bank account, but it's going to be less rent. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to, you know, give that toss up. But then if you want a short-term rental, you're going to have to pay a higher price up front and there's going to be higher upfront costs because you don't want to be 40 minutes outside of Charlotte. If somebody wants a short-term rental to visit Charlotte, so you're going to pay for more and the kitschier, the more interesting it is, that's going to be more of your Airbnb market. So I try to look at both. Um, one of my first Airbnbs actually was a flip I was doing. It was a 1920s bungalow home in Optimus Park or Noda area. And we took the plaster off the walls and literally the house split and it almost collaped because um, I don't believe in bulldozing homes. I like to keep old charm. 
Um, I believe that good bones are good bones. And the rehab cost me an extra $45,000. Oh, wow. There's no room for profit there. And so you have to be flexible, especially as an investor of what am I going to do? How am I going to afford this? And so that's really when I started to look into the short-term market because it was the cutest bungalow, so kitschy, walkable everywhere. And I thought, man, that would be kind of fun as a vacation rental. And sure enough, it's one of the most famous ones in Charlotte because people love that 1920s feel and they love that it's a cute little home that they can rent. And then they, you know, it's easy to get to places. That's a great story. How many Airbnbs do you have? So I have, I have a four of my own and then I actually property manage. Um, so we're trying to extend and grow. So, okay. So do you make like a, like a percentage off of each stay or how does that work with the ones you manage? Yeah. So I make a percentage off each stay, um, whether it's consulting, um, a, I offer different, I call them packages in a way. Um, just because people starting off, I again, believe in karma and I'm not going to break them over the coals. So we'll talk about maybe in the long run, I get a percentage of when you sell the house and we can write that up or, um, I get a percentage of the stays. So, you know, that I'm hustling and I'm working for you to, you know, to get people in and I'm communicating and you're getting good reviews or is it just, you know, I kind of stand back and you property manage it yourself. And I teach you how to put those training wheels on and I kind of push the bike into the sunset. Um, so I have a variety of 30 of them that we work and we kind of, we have our own little team that gets out there and does maintenance, does the garbages every week. People don't think about, you got to pull the garbages out and you got to bring them back in. Um, so it's, it's been really interesting. It's, it's been a great experience. And so we're hoping to expand a little bit more. That's awesome. What, um, and I like how it's kind of, I mean, just the strategy of if you're doing short-term rentals and you, you want to be close to cool things. And if, if you're not, then people, people won't want to be there, which that areas typically are, are more expensive areas. But what, what have you seen as far as these short-term or these Airbnbs um, with, um, I guess it's a rental periods? I mean, do, do you see people usually come in for a week or just for a couple days? Or do they do they sit empty for a period of time? And, and how yeah. has COVID affected that? You know, if I, if I could tell you last year, year by year, the patterns were the same. People come in for the holidays. They want to see their family. Charlotte's a very young area. Um, you know, summers are busy as well. They want to visit their families. COVID has changed everything for short-term rentals. And it's been really, really interesting. Um, I'm getting a lot of longer short-term rentals. People are coming from New York City or they're realizing that they can be remote and work anywhere. As long as you offer good Wi-Fi. I mean, if I didn't have a four-month-old, I would be in a silver bullet going across the United States because I yeah. think that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so I have a lot. I have, um, you know, one of our Airbnbs. We have a trap. We have a group of traveling nurses in right now because they're coming in to help with the COVID effort. They're staying for three months, and then we have, and they don't want to bring a lot of stuff. So furnished rental is the way to go. Do you charge um, a different rate then, for that? Like for a longer term, do you charge a different rate? I do. And, you know, especially with first responders, I give a, a little bit more of a discount because while they're getting their own, um, you know, traveling nurses, they get weekly pay and then they get um, payment for lodging and food. But at the same time, I mean, they're the ones that are that are holding the fort down for all of us. So 
um, I give them a little bit more of a discount. And then I kind of do it as a tiered structure. The shorter you stay, the less discount you get. But a lot of long-term stays going on right now. It's really fascinating um, just to talk to people and try to understand where everybody's kind of coming from. People are really interested in Charlotte and I don't see this market slowing down anytime soon. That's very interesting. I guess one thing is that one cautionary people, you know, you know, you know, whenever you tell, whenever you tell people you're, you're thinking about doing something or there's always the naysayers. They're like, Oh, well, you know, this is terrible because of this or renters will always destroy your houses or Airbnb. You'll just get a bunch of drunk frat guys in there. They're going to destroy your house. You know, <laughs> have you ever had that happen where, you know, someone, a tenant or, or like a short term tenant just parties in your place, trashes it. And you're like, Hey man, you got to pay me some collateral. You, you know, you got to pony up some yeah. money to fix this stuff. Yeah, I've had some I've had some stories. I mean, probably not the most PG, so I'm going to keep the P- those away for an, another night. Um, but I would say, you know, it's interesting because with COVID, a lot of people are bored and restless, and I think especially teenagers. <laughs> and um, what I've had multiple times is people using their parents' credit card, starting a new profile renting out an Airbnb and be, and then having these raging parties. So you got to be really, really safe. So in this is like a home alone two situation. Like this is Peter <laughs> McAllister, the father. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pre- pretending like you're your parent to buy something to stay in the hotel room. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I almost want to give these kids a job because they're so entrepreneurial. Like they're paying people a cover to get into these parties in Charlotte. Like they're, they're paying for the whole night in money and then they're making money. I mean, but then the hosts have to deal with the the aftermath, which is not fun. Oh yeah. I'm sure with teenagers, they have no respect for anything. And then it's just on their parents' card. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And the, the, the bill they get are just like, you know, Kevin's dad in home alone. You spent $967 (laughs) on room service. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So $967 on a broken couch later. Yeah. What? Wow. <laughs> we, we just showed that movie to my kids this uh, this Christmas, the, and they absolutely loved it. They thought it was hilarious. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's awesome. So what would, um, you know, we, we talked about Charlotte and kind of the growth with that. What are some signs? I mean, you said it's been about eight years since you've been in Charlotte mm-hmm. and, and, and mm-hmm. kind of you've seen the market grow. What are some signs oh, okay. that you... Uh, see, you know, you know the Charlotte market. You're the in certain mm-hmm. areas. You're that you're that big fish in the small pond, right? You know, certain of those yeah. area codes that you or the zip codes that you, um, that we're, we're talking about. What are some of the signs of a of a growing market? And um, maybe even when you get down to some of these rentals, maybe let's talk some long term rentals. What what type of areas do you look for? Yeah, absolutely. Um. You know, the biggest thing I look at right now with to know if Charlotte, how the market is in whole, what's the health of it, is the inventory overall. So if you look within the 485 loop, you have, you know, on average, I think it's, and I'm going to mess this up and realtors are going to come at me. So don't come at me. I don't think (laughs) too many realtors listen to our show, but anyway, (laughs) not yet, at least. Not yet. Exactly. Exactly. I, I mean, let's say average, there's two months of homes on inventory, they say, and that's, you know, how many houses are viewed, they look at how many houses have offers on them, how many houses go on the market a day, they say, okay, we have about two months worth counting all those factors into play. 
we have 0.8 of a month in Charlotte. This is the lowest it's ever been for inventory. People are getting, their offers are going 20 and 30% over asking. That's a sign of a really healthy growing market. Um, for me, besides that, it's the study. I look at growth from big commercial or even government profitability. So when that light rail, um, when they came out with the silver line and you know the city of Charlotte said, silver line is gonna be created by I think 2030 and it's going all the way to Gastonia. First thing on investors' minds were what zip codes are in Gastonia and where can we buy? You yeah, know, because exactly. that, and that's the long-term rental aesthetic is how long can you hold it or how long do you need to hold it? And then that's where you start thinking about short-term or long-term rentals. Yeah. And then we grew up here, Ethan and I, and the amount of growth is just unbelievable. Uh, we, sure. we were, grew up in kind of uh, Providence plantation. I don't know if you know where that is, but that used to oh, be yeah. on the very verge of civilization and there was cornfields you know by our house and there was we we grew up and there was acres and acres and acres of woods behind our house and now i mean that area is just so that is charlotte that's in charlotte and so yeah. it's just like great and now i'm i'm living in indian land and i'm kind of like on the cusp of where things are starting to grow maybe in another 30 years my house would be <laughs> worth a million dollars <laughs> Oh, I think it's coming faster than you think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember they I remember, I don't know, maybe we we're in middle school or something like that. And they, they plowed out one of the cornfields down in South Charlotte by our parents house and they put up a huge development. And I can't even remember what those houses were going for at that point in time. But they were kind of cookie cutter type houses, which, you know, is sure. is, is fine. And, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't doubt to say that those houses have tripled in value. Oh yeah, I oh, mean at, at least, and it was just like, man, Dad should have bought ten of those houses at that time. <laughs> should have, yeah. I know. I think about this one home. I pass it all the time, and it just it hurts my soul. That's how bad it is. Because eight years ago, I was a bartender in Charlotte, you know, and I my dad was after me buy a home. Charlotte's growing, buy a home, and I thought, mm, I can't on a bartender salary. I'm not going to be able to, you know show proof of income to get a property but I walked one home and it's over by Ed's Tavern in Dilworth I don't know if you know where that is yeah um, Dilworth is one of the highest <laughs> inc- highest valued areas in the in the city I was looking at yesterday yeah. yesterday it hurts my soul so I, I almost <laughs> you I avoid almost Dilworth now from now on it, it's it's like it, it just oh gosh $150,000 home eight years ago just sold Never touched it. Nobody did anything. They left the roof as is for eight hundred seventy-five thousand. Wow, wow. That's the people retire on that. That is insane. That's Charlotte for you. I mean, that is it's crazy. Just- so like really. I guess let's go back to another question. Has you're buying long-term rentals? You're buying Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. Are you more focused on that short-term cash income, or are you kind of is that just good? But you're really more focused on that long-term appreciation aspect. Well, I guess. I'm sure you're playing all those angles, but what are you most concerned about? Yeah, I think, you know, long-term, I, you could like Airbnb, when people think about short-term rentals, what they don't realize is Airbnb is also a long-term strategy. I mean, they just filed for IPO. Let's think about that. And so they, they expect to be around for a little bit for profitability, but as long as I'm, my goal going into short-term rentals when I was very green and I didn't know what to expect was if I can pay the mortgage 
then I'm still putting money in the bank because it's not my money, right? And so to me, it was like a bank account. If I can pay that, then that's another step, another month of having this home. Who knows what the Charlotte market is? I mean, on average, every year by year, it's 20% growth of the previous price of what your house value was. So if I can hold it for 12 months, 12 payments, that's what I kept thinking. Short-term rentals, I think, are harder, as I said, to set up at the beginning. You're going to get, you have to pay for the location. You have to pay for everything from how many forks you're going to have, chairs, linen, sheets, all these different things that people don't think about that they need when they're, you know, traveling from California for a month. They don't, they need those coffee cups or the filters or something to make it easier on them. But in the long run, you have a fully furnished house that's really growth value paying mortgage. And that's going to be your higher um, increase of rate. So I think it's, you know, I, I did a, I did an Instagram post about it a couple of days ago, actually, of it depends on where people are in that, that game or that phase is long-term you pay less going in. You have somebody paying your mortgage. If you pay over that, you're still winning. Like you're still going ahead. You're still paying down that mortgage. If you're paying cash, even better. I mean, but not, not many of people are able to do that. Airbnb short-term, that's just, I, I like the meeting people aspect. I like being able to turn over. And then I also like less wear and tear. Because again, those long, yeah. long-term, long they're going to, unless gonna, it, you know. They, unless you're talking about the teenagers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even yeah. that, I mean, the, long-term you're having, you know, that you're putting holes in the walls and you're having, you know, constant traffic or pets or. People never cleaning the shower, which just baffle, boggles my mind. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> And then you get that Carolina clay that we are so, you know, well known for that comes in the all water the carpet. Pot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's all over. Um, so I like I, right now, the short term rental market is very interesting to me. And then that less wear and tear. If I can have my goal is always 10 days a month. If I can pay my mortgage for 10 days, then if it's empty, the rest of those, you know, 21, 20 days, that's less wear and tear on the home. That's less of a utility bill for me. So it works out. Yeah. One one question I have is that you know I've I've myself I've I'm kind of interested in getting into maybe investing in in rental property or something, and I'm curious about financing. Have you ever do you put twenty percent down and then refinance after you've rehabbed, or or do you go do that through a bank, or do you use hard money lenders, or how do you do that? I've done a variety of lending. Um, It really depends on how long you want to hold it. So if you want a long-term rental that you are going to wait, it'll be worth your while to do a bank or conventional loan if you're going to hold it for five to 10 years. If you're flipping it and you're only holding it for a month or two, you know, in perfect HGTV status, I would say that's where the hard money lending comes in. But hard money lenders, while it doesn't hit your credit, and some people have bad credit, and I understand that it may not be the easiest to get conventional loans. You're going to pay. Um, they they pay a finder's fee. They pay. You pay them every month. You know it. It does add up too pretty quick. So it's not something that you want for a long term strategy. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, I, it all depends on what you want to do, really. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you ever run up? I know you, you said you have several rent rentals and Airbnb you own those houses. Have you gotten to the point where you're so 
you're personally so over leveraged. The bank is like, yeah, we're not going to loan you anything else. <laughs> I hope I know, not. <laughs> I, know a lot, I know a lot of investors, they run up against that. I think yeah. you only have like 10 properties, I think it is. And then they're like, yes. yeah, we can't loan to you anymore. And then you're like, Ugh. then you have to do like owner financing type stuff. Trick, yes. other, trick, and other tricks you, and stuff. You know, real estate, anybody can do it. That's the first thing I, I, I think, you know, we were on the phone and I spoke about that. Anybody can do it, but there's so many different niches on real estate besides neighborhoods. And when you're looking at different homes or different leveraging short-term rentals, long-term rentals, flips, um, you know, there's people out there that are starting by just lending an investor five to 10 grand and getting a return on profit. So they get a percentage of what they ever make. That's how some people start. I mean, there's so many different ways to make money in the real estate market. It's, it's incredible. It's just, you have to look and you have to be flexible with those options. I know that you, you had mentioned, um, wholesaling a little bit earlier. You know, I know there's a lot of people that basically just, they, they try to find a good deal and then they find a cash buyer or typically, mm-hmm. um, to, to sell that good deal to, um, have yeah. you ever dabbled in, in kind of the, the finding side of wholesaling at all or. So I've purchased from a wholesaler, but I got to tell you that is hard work. And I give them, I would much rather fix a pipe in plumbing that's been clogged up for a hundred years than go door to door and ask somebody, can I buy your house? Because that is, that takes guts and that takes a lot of rejection. And, uh, yeah, that's just not for me. <laughs> that's not my niche. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I purchased from a wholesaler, very easy transaction to do. Um, it is kind of borderline. Some states are actually making that not possible anymore to wholesale unless you work with the realtor. Um, but as far as North Carolina, we're still, it's still legal. One of the questions I had for you, and this is something that I guess with you, you mentioned that you're, you manage all those Airbnbs. So you're basically a property manager in, in, in a large sense. Have you ever thought about purchasing a, a property like Myrtle Beach or down you know, somewhere in Charleston or something like that and managing those? And that's kind of a different vacation rentals. Well, I guess it's similar to you know, Airbnb, mm-hmm. but it's you know, having something at the beach is maybe a little bit different. Have you thought about doing that or acquiring a property down at the beach? Oh yeah. I've, I've would love to have a house in the beach or the mountains. I mean, just thinking about now having a baby, you know, it'd be great to be able to go a couple days and, you know, you can check on the property, but also spend some time with family. seems like great. Um, what's really important for me, especially with having Charlotte rentals is kind of having an eye on things. And that, that I think would be a little bit more different, difficult. You'd have to have a really trustworthy property management team. Um, it's, very easy. I've had it happen to me before. I know a lot of people that have had it happen as well. Um, it's really easy for people to get comfortable and, you know, not everybody's going to treat your home like you would treat it. And so not everybody's going to treat your business and your brand like you would treat it either. And so you got to be very mindful of that. Yeah. My, uh, I I think that's a good thing to consider because, that's 100% true. Someone else is not going to treat your stuff like you would treat your stuff. Um, mm-hmm. My wife and I have actually been looking um, for the past little while at, we would love to get a cabin up in the mountains. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just something that is, it's a space to where we could just go up and escape into the, into the woods basically. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe somewhere with a little bit of land. But then at the same point, we're like, well, we don't want to just. I mean, yeah, it would probably increase over time in value, but we don't. It's not something that we don't want to just pay the mortgage to be up there for you know a couple of days a month, maybe. And yeah, and that that's that Airbnb kind of is is something that's like, well, you know, you get you get people in for ten days out of the month, and then you could go up there for the rest of the time, or you know, you, maybe you could you could experience that that same you know, kind of like Jared said, vacation spot or whatever it may be at that same time. So that, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's a really interesting concept. And I love that idea. I really do. You just got to find the right team. I'm, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer about it. But, um, you know, there is, to for example, during Christmas, we had a random white Christmas. Well, Charlotte didn't, but, you know, a lot of the mountains did. Unfortunately, some of those guests were stuck. So, Really? If you don't have a plow truck to go up there and, and get them out, they're stuck there for two, three weeks. And then what do you do? So you can't really kick out people that can't leave your cabin. So. You s- send them a bill. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. But if, you, if you're far away from there and you don't have someone, you know, some kind of property manager or someone that you trust up there, that would definitely be difficult. It would be. Yeah. But you do meet a lot of great people. I would say far more often on VRBO and Airbnb, any short-term rental, I've met so many interesting people and some people still stay in touch with me today. Um, I never thought of it as I don't really ever speak to, you know, somebody if I stay at their home for Airbnb, but some people are just, they want to, you know, that connection. And that's what I think is a really interesting part of it too. Yeah. Do you do uh, VRBO as well, or do you just do Airbnb? I dabbled into VRBO and Furnish Finders, which is specifically towards medical professionals, like traveling nurses. Um, I just found that I like the user interface of Airbnb. I like the way they treat their hosts. Um, I like the way they treat their guests. And, you know, I just, overall, it just really works for me. But there's a lot of people that dabble in all of them. It's just when you have so many different Airbnbs and you have so many moving pieces, you have to make sure those calendars are synced or you've got multiple people showing up on the same day. And that's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, I mean, we've, we've talked about some great stuff and we've, we've kind of jumped around and talked about a lot of different topics yeah. at the same time too. Um, but maybe let's say in your experience over the past years of, uh, you know, in real estate and, and with your father and, 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 being a contractor and stuff like that, what advice would you give to someone who really is interested in, in investing for their first time in real estate? Um, you know, what, yeah. what would you say to them? What should they know before they do something Could pull the trigger on anything? Any quote you get, add triple that to that quote, <laughs> just to be safe. Um, but also start small. There are so many unique ways to get into real estate and then also stay in your own lane. I caught myself so many times thinking, Oh my gosh, by this age, I expected to have this many houses or I want to, if I want to be able to retire and pay off all my debt early, this is what I need to do. This other person's doing this. Focus on what works for you and stay in your lane. That's the biggest thing. Um, Do your homework, as I said, and then do it right. Don't cut corners when you're rehabbing a home that will bite you long run, um, especially if Charlotte's a small town, but it's a big city. So somebody, I would hate for somebody to be like, oh, 
Ashley sold me this home and the plumbing broke within the first week. Your reputation's everything. So don't cut corners. You mentioned the small ways to get into real estate and, and small ways. Can you maybe talk about what, what some of those might be for someone getting in? Yeah. Um, so one thing that I find interesting for a short-term rental is rental arbitrage. Um, and that's one way of you work with the landlord of, you know, properties that are, especially during COVID, there might be a lot out there. So I recommend for those kind of wanting to dabble. Um, basically, it's vacant properties that are unfurnished, um, that landlords, they just want their monthly cut, and they want that monthly rent. So if you work with them, especially if it's homes, and you don't have to worry about HOA, or you don't have to worry about apartment complexes, um, all you would have to pay for is the initial startup fees for Airbnb. And then you could manage out of the property instead of buying a home, the, you know, the rental short term rentals. So you just have to make sure that you make that rental payment, obviously, to the landlord. But if you have that conversation with them, that's a very easy, low cost way. Um, wholesaling, again, if you have the guts to go door to door, send those mailers, make those phone calls, look at the tax records and see anybody that's delinquent, by all means, go for it. There's so many people in Charlotte that offer um, mentorship or, you know, there's bigger pockets, there's YouTube. There's so much information out there that's available to them. So I would recommend, you know, those are the two options I'd probably start off with first. Um, and then the third way I would say is if you do decide to buy a home and you don't have to worry about um, having, you know, a family or anybody else in the property, let's say like for me when I was single, um, rent out your rooms and that way you can make the mortgage as well. So the more people you have, it may not be comfortable for one or two years, but you're paying off your rent in the long, you're paying off your mortgage in the long run. And that's a fun way to get into real estate. And then you can refinance later on or sell the home and that's your bank account. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. Um, I've never heard of that Airbnb arbitrage. That's our, our rental arbitrage. I've never heard of that. Uh, that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Basically you just say, you know, you contact somebody maybe has a vacant property and you say your their mortgage is 1200 or $1,500 a, a month. And, you know, you say, well, I'll get you $1,800 and then anything over that goes to, goes to you or whatever it may be. Or, I mean, if they only want 1200 a month, you could be smart and just say, Hey, I'd like to use this as a short-term rental. I will pay for any of the damages. Yeah. I'll pay you 1200 a month. And your mortgage is going to okay. be covered. Yeah. And they don't have to think about it. Yeah, that's I mean, true. And then, you know, and then you just have to plan and do your research about what people are, you know, paying per night. And there's different websites out there that can help and show you so that you know what um, there's airdna.com, beyondpricing.com. Those help and really show like where to look and what you're going to get per night for a rating. So you kind of know how many nights you need to book to pay that rent. And how many, you know, you can make a profit from. And there's people in Charlotte, there's people nationwide, they have 60, 90, 100 homes, and they're they're doing rental arbitrage. They don't own anything. That's so interesting. I guess, I know you have a question, but uh, <laughs> before Ethan's question, I just wanted to ask, do you um, find that there's only opportunities to do that, like, in the downtown area? Or, or, you know, say like in maybe a town in the outskirts, like say Matthews or Fort Mill or Harrisburg yeah. or something like that. Is there opportunities to do Airbnbs out there too? There's Airbnb opportunity anywhere, which is what I find really interesting. I would say even 
like the uptown area as I want to call it downtown so badly, but I know it's uptown. Um, nobody's staying there anymore. Every, so many families are coming in to see what Charlotte is about, but they're also seeing, you know, if they're building a home, I'm getting a lot of people saying, I want to rent a home. We have a house in Ballantyne that's 97% occupancy because homes are being built and they want to be close to seeing their home built. So, um, there's one investor I know that only does Gastonia and you would think Gastonia, you know, who's, who's going there right now. That's not going to live there. Um, but it's a lot of traveling medical professionals coming around the hospitals around there. It's an easy way to get in between Greenville and Charlotte. Um, there's it's anywhere. It's really just, like I said, go to beyond pricing air DNA. You can find out really what are some hot pockets. Very good. Yeah, my question probably relates more to long-term rentals. Well, I mean, I guess it could relate to anything, but what what would you tell the person that says, "Oh, real estate, I I should get my real estate license or you know, I should be a real estate agent before I go into to real estate investing." What would you tell that person? I would say unless they are very passionate about being an agent, I would deter them. Um I do not have my real estate license and I I don't want it. That's not my niche. If you want to be an agent, then that is your passion. Go for it. But you don't need to be an investor to get your, you don't need to have your license to be an investor. Like I said, there's real estate investing, whether it's purchasing a home, renting a home, short-term, long-term, giving hard money to somebody working in a budget or working in a funding group that offers money to flippers. Um, being a wholesaler, there's so many different ways to do it that you just have to be able to do the work and roll up your sleeves with knowing the market yourselves. You don't need a class to pay for that. I like it. Very good advice. Uh, you know, we're, we're nearing the end here. I just wanted to give you a chance to, is there anything that we missed that maybe you were hoping to, Oh, I I was, you know, I've always wanted to share this with about real estate. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us? So, one thing I would say is if you want to get quotes and a lot of people might be surprised at this, don't use your name. Um, it's interesting because social media is so easy to find the picture of who that person is, what they, what they do. There's a lot of times people make a, an assumption or a judgment about you right at the beginning. And unfortunately you may get different quotes as well because of it. So I always recommend that if people want to get true quotes, get three quotes always, no matter what job you want, three quotes. Um, Don't always go with the lowest bid. The lowest bid, there's a reason there's a lowest bid. Um, But also use a different alias or use a different name, especially if you're heavily into real estate investing and ask them the same questions. You get the same quote, they're a trustworthy person that's going to do the job and they're going to do it right. If you get a different quote, Well, that's a conversation you're going to want to have before you even start the job. And I've learned that the hard way several times. So um, I definitely, it's a, it's a little oddball advice, but I recommend. That's good. I mean, just your, if your quotes are all off, that can make all the difference in flipping a house. I mean, if you're just like, that could break your budget. So that's very good. I like that. I didn't even consider that. I mean, yeah, I I worked, uh, I worked for a, a general contractor for, years probably from 16 until 20 something 22 or 20 23 
and mm. um you know and and i and i i love you know getting in there and doing a lot of stuff on my own but you know we would get contractors or we'd get uh, subcontractors to come in and and complete different portions of the job but i guess you never really think um i guess as a get general contractor you might not see that and, and this was you know, 10 years ago so it was a little bit different but or significantly more than that um <laughs> but uh yeah use using an alias or just something that you don't uh you don't really think about, but I, that's great advice. Well, especially with social media. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. I'm a, I'm a blonde female, you know, and I go in and I ask for what's going to be this square footage of this, you know, how much is it going to cost? It's a lot easy for people to make assumptions and it's unfortunate, yeah. but it's today's market. And so you just have to come in if you really want to do the work and you want to do that analysis, make sure that you're getting all your numbers really tight because that's going to make or break flip or rental yeah very good advice well ashley we're kind of nearing the end here and, and one of the things we want to ask you and then we ask all of our guests mm-hmm. is uh we would like you to maybe share a piece of your creed so a creed is a set of beliefs or aims that guide someone's actions and we ask all of our guests to share a piece of their creed or maybe a quote or or something that uh, you'd share with your own child maybe someday uh so we would want to hear that from you yeah. Um, one thing I, I say to my team and I, I say it all the time, actually, and it's your vibe attracts your tribe and it's, you know, how you treat people is what's going to come back at you. And so whether you are in business, whether it's family, whether it's friends, who you hold near and dear and who you keep loyal to, there's subcontractors that, you know, I send them a Christmas card. I talk to them. I bring them over gifts when they have a baby they treat me so well in the long run. So I think that's just really important to me is just, you know, it's a kind of a, I guess a more modern way of saying do unto others as you want to do it to you. <laughs> I, I like that so much. Uh, your, your vibe attracts your tribe. That's, that's good. Right. I like it. That's great. That's great. You just, you know, I, I totally agree with that. You will attract the kind of people that uh, you put out and you project and, and those people will make you better too. So. Hundred percent. That's excellent. Well, Ashley, this has been so excellent. Thank you. I, I this was, was such an easy conversation, and you shared so many great nuggets. I'm gonna, in fact, I'm going to go back and re-listen to this episode so that I can write <laughs> down all those websites that you mentioned and and, and check out all that stuff because uh, you've answered a lot of my questions that I've had, and, and this will be not be the probably the last time you hear from us. <laughs> well, I I love talking to you guys, and I really appreciate you taking the time um, just to listen to somebody do some crazy things around Charlotte, something that's a little off ball, but Hey, I appreciate it. So thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Where, uh, where can our listeners find you? I know you, we said you had Instagram. Yeah. Um, at flipping Charlotte is my, is my Instagram handle. And I'm starting to share a lot of other local, um, smaller mom and pop businesses around Charlotte that really are doing something unique or a little different with the flipping business. So kind of keep tuned for that. Great. Okay, great. And, and the listeners out there as well, you can follow us on uh, at Brothers Creed, a.brothers.creed on Instagram as well, Facebook page, and listen to this. And you can watch this on, on YouTube as well. So uh, thanks again. And for all of our listeners, let's build our creed together. All right, let's do it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.